Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're talking about how to nail nutrition foundations for easy short runs. Get this right and it'll help you feel energetic and strong. Get it wrong and you may experience fatigue, poor recovery and be prone to injury. So listen in today if you're a beginner runner or if you're a beginner to nutrition for running. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs. I'm Aileen Smith and I co-host our show with my very good friend and business partner, Karen Campbell. We're both professional nutritionists and our spare time we're runners. Our show is dedicated to you, a female midlife runner. The menopause transition is a challenging time for many women and no one wants this phase of life to affect their well-being or indeed their running. As midlife women, Karen and I know what you might be experiencing and we also know how transformational good nutrition is at this stage of life. Our approach is to swap magic bullet advice for evidence-based nutritional science. We focus on real food and strategic food choices so you can enjoy your running and be your best. We hope that our episode topics are helpful to you. However, if you'd like professional help from us, please book a complimentary work with us call at runnershealthhub.com. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. Hi, everybody. I'm Karen, and I'm here once again with Aileen. And today we're going to be talking about food for beginner runners. But just before we get started on this topic, I'd just like to welcome back our regular listeners. And if you are listening to us for the first time, a really warm welcome to you. And we do hope that you enjoy this episode and all the others that have gone before and um, the ones that are still to follow. Now, Aileen and I do really enjoy our podcasting, but we also love it when we hear from you. So please do drop us a line at hello at runnershealthhub.com. Just introduce yourself and maybe share a little bit about your running and your nutrition goals, because it does really help us in planning our future topics for the podcast so that the topics we discuss are um, focused and targeted for you, our listeners. So Aileen, hi to you. And I was just wondering if you could maybe outline why we are talking about food for beginner runners today. Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Um, Well, it might seem that we're going back to the beginning, really, because we've been doing the podcast for quite a long time. So why are we talking about food for beginners? But I really thought it was because um, we often get listeners and um, and new clients who are relatively new to running um, or maybe they're just new to nutrition. They might be actually experienced runners, but they're new to nutrition. So I thought today it'd be a really good idea just to answer some of the typical questions we get asked and also share some of the dilemmas that beginner runners face and, and also to give some foodie 
uh, suggestions for meal plans too, because people are always asking what to eat. Um, but as I say, if you're not a beginner runner, you might still find today's discussion useful, especially if you run shorter distances and, and t- durations of time, um, or maybe it's just because you've never actually paid much attention to nutrition before now. So this episode is really going to help outline some key advice and tips. So, so that was why I, I thought it would be a good topic, Karen. Yeah, absolutely. It all sounds really good, Aileen. So let's get started. And maybe we could start with having a chat about the important nutritional foundations everyone should get in place. And um, and also who is considered to be a beginner? Yeah, good idea, Karen. So, um, well, I imagine that beginners are totally new to running. Uh, maybe they're building up to their first 5k or 10k race Um, but you know as I said earlier this level of nutrition plan is great for any runners doing uh, shorter distances um, of run say under 90 minutes Uh, and that might just be part of your running plan obviously you might do longer runs too Um, but I think every beginner runner has a different entry level when it comes to fitness when it comes to body composition uh, also confidence and and how they eat every day so you know not every beginner runner starts at the same point that's what I'm trying to say there really and um, so their goals for running for health uh, body composition and nutrition will probably vary too yeah I think that is so true Aileen but really whoever you are I think it's really key that you nail those foundational nutrition um, habits before you sort of progress to the longer distances of running so nail the nutrition nail the short distance training and then you can progress to the longer distances now that's really when you'll need to start adding the pre during and post fueling nutrition to support the running performance and also energy and recovery and also thinking about that injury prevention. Now everyone will have heard the saying you can't outtrain a poor diet and we totally agree with that and that's really why we encourage all runners to focus on the foundational nutrition but also the foundational hydration because hydration can um, also be an area that is forgotten about. Now, the key principles of our approach include choosing quality, nutrient-dense foods and ingredients and doing that consistently. And also thinking about using our easy training athlete plate, which will really help you ensure that you have the correct balance of the macronutrients, so the proteins, the carbohydrates and the essential fats, but also um, vegetables as well, how your plate should look. Now, if you would like a copy of um, our athletes plates just um check out our show notes and for the link and we'll put it in there for you now another key principle of ours is about eating three meals a day and eating those at regular intervals and that can really help to avoid the grazing on snacks throughout the day and thinking about the vegetables it's about eating a rainbow of the colorful and non-root starchy vegetables at each meal so half a plate is ideal especially as a beginner runner and then also thinking about the 80-20 approach we we really advocate that so 
So following this approach um, every day or every week helps to keep the plan sustainable. Now, Aileen, when we think about that and our principles, where do you think beginners go wrong and what does that result in for them? Well, what I would say is um, if beginners to running or beginners to nutrition for running, because uh, they fall into two categories, they either undereat or they overeat for their activity. So I, I think that's where people go wrong. Um, and maybe that, like you said earlier, they're not making food choices which are nutrient dense. So I think most people un- unintentionally undereat. Um, and if they do that um, over a period of time, then they might experience fatigue, lack of energy, uh, perhaps during a run or after a run. They might find their recovery is poor. And also there's a potential for, for muscle loss. And I think when people, how they unintentionally under eat is that they just eat the same amount of food, no matter what level of training they do. And then there's a knock on effect on that. But on the flip side, those who overeat, might be eating extra, uh, thinking that they need to because they're fueling uh, their running. But actually, if they're only doing short distance running, they don't actually need to um, fuel. They just need, need to eat an everyday healthy food plan. Um, usually that's enough to sustain the short distance easy running. Um, now, sometimes what happens when you start running is that you start to feel hungrier and that might be a result of your body adapting to this new exercise routine but if you fall into the trap of eating more than you but your body actually requires then you might uh, gain weight and if one of your running goals is to lose or maintain weight then you might not achieve that goal because you're actually overeating um, so I think that's the two main areas that I think where people go wrong so it's under eating or overeating yeah and it's trying to find that balance and sometimes that can take a little bit of time until you you find out what is um what is the the right amount of food for you but really the key aims of a healthy foundational food plan for all runners really is to give you that solid nutrient base so that you're eating enough of the right nutrients to fuel your everyday activities that you do every day alongside that easy running, so that extra running and extra activity that you're doing. Now, the focus is on providing nutrients for energy, really to help promote a lean body mass as well and to support the, the muscle building. Now, if you would actually like more insights, you might want to listen to episode 11 because that really looks at the nutrition basics for all runners. And also episode 137, Athletes Plate and Practice, where we speak about our athletes' plates in more detail and when it's best to use the, the different plates depending on your training. Now, we're going to move on shortly to speak about some typical questions we we get. But just before we do that, I thought this might be a good time to introduce you all to our free downloadable ebooks. Now, we have various ones available to you and you can access them all at our website. So that's runnershealthhub.com. All you need to do is click on 
free nutrition guides on the top menu bar of our homepage. And that will um, give you the list of the ones that we've got. Now, we did recently add a new guide, which is foundational food habits for beginner runners. And um, we designed this ebook really to support you in making the correct food choices for your lifestyle, your health and your running, really to help you to build the stamina and become fitter, faster and stronger as you you progress with your running, but also leaner as well, because quite often in midlife, that's, that's part of the package that we're looking for. Now, if this is your goal, um, that would, that's, then you'll find that this download has got some really delicious, easy recipes for you to um, introduce and build on and and keep as as a, as a, in a little dossier so that you you can use them to, as your go to. Now we really do hope it helps you um, and um, do get in touch and let us know what you think. Okay, so now let's move on to some of these typical questions and dilemmas that we hear from um, when um, beginner runners start to think about introducing uh, nutrition for the running. So, Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, Karen, the questions that we're going to share today are are from real women who are running up to 10k um, and one of the most commonly asked questions is what do I need to eat when I go on a run um, so what um, you know we always assume is if, if you are a beginner running that you will be running short easy distances so as I said earlier normal everyday healthy eating should be sufficient to sustain that easy distance running and you only really need to consider the pre during and post fueling when you start um, running distances of 90 minutes or longer and so when you do get to that stage let us know and uh, we can point you in the right direction of resources that will help you but in the meantime it's really important that you follow the healthy food plan and the healthy food plate that Karen uh, described earlier. Um, Now, something that would be really supportive if you're a beginner runner is to develop a habit of eating one to two hours before you go out on a run. And that means that you're going to be adequately fueled and that that timing will also give your digestive system time to work so that you're not running on a full stomach. Um, So that's like the first uh, tip is eating one to two hours before you go out and you run and that should be part of your everyday plan as well so Karen another question um, that we get we've been asked often is that I've heard that fasted state running is good for weight loss so I wonder if you could answer that question yeah so just to let everybody know uh, uh, to define fasted state running, it, it is known as running early in the morning before you've eaten your breakfast. So basically, you are in that fasted state because you've had your overnight fast. Now, you should only run in the fasted state for those easy runs that are below 90 minutes. You know, like you were saying, Aileen, you would only be um, looking at pre-fueling for distances over 90 minutes. So that early morning fastest state running, make sure that it's for no longer than an hour and a half. Now, if your schedule allows this, try to do your run or your walk in the morning before you have your breakfast. And what uh, linking that to the question about late about weight loss now. 
this is thought to potentially encourage the body to use fat as fuel, therefore support a positive body composition. But what I would add here is that that will depend on your food choices following your run and throughout the remainder of the day. It will support body composition, potentially weight loss, if you're making those good, healthy, foundational, nutritional, um, nutritious food type choices. But if you're making more poorer choices, then it, 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 it might not support body composition. And um, that also remember, this is not something to do really at any other time of the day. You just want to be doing that first thing in the morning. So Aileen, looking at the next question, um, that we get a lot. It is, I'm just so hungry all the time and can't stop eating. How can I get my appetite under control? What would be your advice for that one? Yeah, well, that sort of links into what we were talking about earlier about the, this overeating and um, why, it, why it happens when you're a beginner runner. Um, and obviously, your body is getting used to probably doing some extra exercise that it's um, not been having in the past. So that's probably why you're noticing some changes in, in your appetite. And I think the top advice that we would give is get into the habit of following our steps of eating three meals every day and choose um, the foods um, following the easy training play. And we talk about that in the ebook that uh, Karen mentioned earlier and um, you can um, find uh, we've got a PDF that we'll share with you as well we'll put the link into the um, into the show notes for you so the, the reason that we say only eating three meals a day and eating we also suggest that you eat them at regular intervals is when you do that and if you do it consistently then you'll notice that fairly quickly, you know, within a few days, your hunger pangs and your cravings will disappear. And then you won't be um, having that out of control appetite. Um, so that's a simple, simple way of, of dealing with that. And uh, another tip that I would say related to that is to make sure you're well hydrated, because often if you dehydrated, that can lead to craving um, and hunger pangs, too. So, um so eat regularly, eat at time intervals, follow the easy training play, make sure you're drinking lots of water and hopefully that will help get the appetite under control. Um, so, Karen, just thinking about hydration, are there any uh, bits of advice or tips that you'd give to beginner runners about hydration? Yeah, like we were saying earlier, Aileen, you know, this is another area that often gets neglected and it's so easy to become dehydrated. And what I would say is that it's important to take a similar approach as you would for your food, uh, just to ensure that you are optimally hydrated throughout the day. And that's known as euhydration. So just that optimal um, fluid intake. Now, you might not need um, to sip water during a short, easy run at all. However, if you are a beginner, it might just be a good idea to practice carrying the water and sipping it whilst you run just to get into that habit of thinking about your hydration. And the other thing I would just say is to think about having a glass of water before a run and then one immediately 
afterwards and just make, make things out a, ha- a habit. Now, we do have a few episodes on hydration. So do let us know if you need us to point you to them if this is of interest to you. And the amount of water that you consume will really be affected by your sweat rate and also the climate, so the weather conditions that you are running in. So yeah, always better mind your hydration. When thinking about your nutrition, think about your hydration at the same time would be my advice. Yeah, and I think what you said there, Karen, about practicing hydration is is really important. Um, so yeah, get get used to carrying a bottle and and, and sipping as you go. Um, so another typical question is about carbs. Um, often people will say that they you know they they start running, but they're already following a low carb diet, and they worry that they'll have to carb load for longer distances and they don't want to do that because usually they're um you know they they've been used to following that diet for a long period of time and they're a bit scared of carbs because they think it might lead to weight gain and and I think it it's a common fear and it's one that we truly understand uh, but what I would say is it's really important to eat small portions of complex carbohydrates with each meal and that should be enough to fuel the easy short running distances. Uh, and what we do is we teach our clients how to use carbohydrates more strategically when they get to um, running longer distances, because you really need to consider um, eating more complex carbohydrates, especially when you're building up to, say, half marathon training. So when you get to that level, do reach out to us and uh, we can give you some advice um but in the meantime what i would say while you're a beginner runner is learn to love carbohydrate in small portions and um you know i think i just think it's uh if you do it while you're at the beginning it won't feel such a big jump when you have to do it when you're doing longer distances um so Karen, often people are following a low carb food plan, either for health reasons or to maintain or lose weight. So is there any advice that you would add to what I've already said? Yes, I think what you said, Aileen, is absolutely right about having um, carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, but in small portions. And what I would say to everybody is to have some good quality carbohydrates at every meal. And um, you might want to have a smaller portion, again, if if your goal is that weight management, that body composition. So, for example, maybe decreasing the carbohydrate portion on your plate to one eighth of a plate. Um, So you're still having some and that will support energy and your your running. But it's still it's still a low amount. However, do remember when your distances and your durations of running do start to increase, it is vital that you increase your carbohydrate intake in line with that energy expenditure. And as we said earlier, you know, learn to love carbs, but you can do this strategically in the correct way and in the correct portion size for you. And again, that's going to be very individual. So, um, so yes, love your carbs. Remember to choose the, the good quality carbs, the complex carbs, and keep it in small amounts whilst you're still doing the, the, the low distances. 
Now, I think we do have time for a final typical question that we get. So um, this one that I, I was just going to share is, and one that we get asked a lot, is what should I eat after a run? So Aileen, could you maybe give your tips for that? Okay, so, um, you know, thinking ahead, if you were going to be running a, a longer distance over 90 minutes, what we'd suggest is having a quick release carbohydrate snack within 30 minutes of completing your run and then following that up with a meal or snack within two hours. And that snack or meal would include both com complex carbohydrates and protein in the ratio of four to one. But you know, as a beginner runner and you're running shorter distances, then we just really suggest following your normal meal pattern, um, following plate balance, and, and that should be enough for you. So you don't necessarily have to add in anything new as soon as you finish just scheduling your next meal. Um, so hopefully that clarifies that one, Karen. Um, but I was also thinking there's just one other question I think it would be good to answer. And a question we get a lot is how to prevent muscle soreness. And I think often runners experience post-run muscle aches and soreness, especially when we're not used to running. And that can be quite off-putting if you're not expecting it. So what can you share with that one, Karen? Yeah, I think that's so true, Aileen. I think um, new new runners um, or beginner runners do experience this quite a lot, or it could be experienced runners who are then moving up to that next level, to that half marathon distance, like you mentioned earlier. Now, the technical name for this muscle soreness and muscle aches is DOM, so that's delayed onset muscle soreness. And it does usually occur as a result of the intense or that unaccustomed exercise that we've just mentioned. And um, often um, in runners, it's a result of what's known as eccentric movement. So such, such as that running downhill, that's known as eccentric movement, and that can lead to DOMS. Now, again, we do have a couple of episodes dedicated to this topic. So there's episode 15, Nutrition to Solve DOMS, and episode uh, 145, DOMS Revisited, um, when we took take a look at the, the latest research. So if muscle soreness is a problem for you, then please do listen to these episodes because there is a lot of information there for you. Now, general advice really would be to build up your training gradually. Remember, remember to do warm up and cool down exercises. Your warm up exercises being dynamic, so including some movement uh, with your cool down exercises, that isn't quite so necessary because your muscles are already warm. Also, keep moving and have light activity between running sessions. Quite often, we do our exercise and then we're sitting for the rest of the day, and that can lead to to the the, the DOMS settling in. Now, self myofascial release techniques like foam rolling can also help to alleviate that muscle tension and promote blood flow to the area to aid the recovery of muscles. So um, there are lots of things that you can do to try and limit um, the, the effects of DOMS. Eileen, do you do, would you add anything to, to what I've said? Um, well, just thinking about nutrition, Karen, um, I think following an anti-inflammatory 
food plan with sufficient protein will also support muscle recovery. Um, and I think also just to um, think that or remember really that DOMS is a natural part of the muscle adaptation process, especially when we're introducing new or more intense exercise routines and it might be a bit uncomfortable sometimes it can feel quite painful but it's not necessarily an indicator of a serious injury and I think you know as you practice running more uh, you'll likely only experience DOMS when you're doing that more intense run training that you were mentioning you know when you're doing hilly runs particularly um, however I would just say that if you find that the pain isn't alleviated within a couple of days um, you should rest and consult with a sports therapy specialist so I know when I get it I tend to find it's maybe not immediately the next day but it might be the day after and then the day after that it's eased off but if you're finding that it's all the time and it's not getting any better don't put up with it get some advice because you might need some extra help yeah definitely if there's any sort of ongoing niggles um sort of act on it before it then becomes a chronic situation okay so we've shared some of the common questions that we get but if you've got any questions that popped into your mind that we haven't brought up here, then please do let us know. And um, um, just email us at hello at runnershealthhub.com and we'll get back to you with an answer to, to hopefully support you. So, Aileen, I'm just thinking, shall we take a pause for a, a short advert break now? Yeah, sure. So this is uh, the minute uh, in the episode where we take um, a little bit of time out to tell you about what Karen and I do outside the podcast. And, um, you know, we always hope that we're sharing lots of information and practical suggestions during the episode to support you in achieving your health and running goals. But we do know that some of you uh, would like some personalised input to help with with everything that you you're wanting to achieve, and um, so we thought we'd share a story today about one of our clients and how how we were able to help her. So um, Liz um, is the lady in question, and she started running by entering a 5k race for life um, when she was in uh, her late 40s, and she got the running bug. It's often the case. That's what happens with people. Uh, they, they do something for charity and then they find that they want to keep doing it. And she followed on by doing park runs regularly. And Liz eventually got in touch with us because she wanted some help with her food plan. And she'd been listening to the podcast for a few months and she was putting some of our suggestions into practice, but she still wasn't really sure if she was doing the right things and she just wanted some advice from us. And Liz was feeling a bit frustrated because although she was enjoying her running, she wanted to lose a bit of weight. Uh, she also said that she felt tired a lot of the time and that in particular was holding her back from running longer distances. So Liz booked a free work with us call and we chatted with her about her frustrations around resistant weight loss, around low energy. And we also discovered that she had a big dream of running a half marathon uh, for her 50th birthday. So during the conversation, we were able to make some suggestions to Liz and also tell us, tell her about some of the different services we offer. Uh, and what Liz chose to do was she uh, registered for our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program. And that's a video program and it's got lots of helpful resources and downloads, but it also includes 
a one-to-one bonus food diary for you. So Liz got a combination of some personal input from us alongside some short educational videos um, and, as I said, lots of other helpful resources in the program. And so the, the tips and the advice that we gave Liz were, was really helpful to her and it did help her lose a few pounds and get rid of the energy slumps that she'd been experiencing. And more recently, uh, she's purchased our Half Marathon Plus video lesson, which is a, a shorter um, sort of program for people to work through. And um, and that's really helping her because she's planning to enter her first half marathon next year. So that's just a, a simple story about Liz and how we were able to help her. Um, so if, if you'd like some help and you, you know that you're ready to work with us, but you don't know what program to choose, we'd love you to book um, a complimentary call with us. It's an informal chat. There's no pressure to buy. But if you would like to book some professional help, uh, we're here to give you some advice and, and guide you on what to choose. So if you're interested in booking a call, uh, look at our website. You'll find the booking link on the Work With Us page. And just as a reminder, the website is runnershealthhub.com or you can drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. And I also just wanted to remind everybody that uh, we work with people all over the world. So if you are in a different time zone to us in the UK, we can accommodate you. Um, and if you don't find a, a time on the calendar that suits you, just let us know and we can uh, book you in uh, a time that suits your time zone. Great. Thanks very much, Aileen. OK, so what I thought we could do now is maybe to think about considering two different beginner runners who have different priorities, different lifestyles and different food preferences. And we could then give a, a, some meal plan suggestions that might help everybody listening. What do you think, Aileen? Yeah, I always think um, that's a good idea. It's, it's great to um, sort of highlight different scenarios that people might be going through. Um, so I'll I'll go with the first beginner runner, and um, I'm, I'm sort of making this person up, um, but she's I'm making I'm going to call her Joanne, uh, but she's a typical uh, client that we would work with. So Joanne is is 52. She's got a partner. She's got three teenage kids. She works full time, and as you would imagine, at that age, she's perimenopausal. And she's been doing a 5K park run every Saturday morning uh, for quite a long time. And she's decided that it's time to train for a 10K race. So Joanne is short of time, uh, like most women. Uh, that are, I've never found a woman that's got too much time on the hands. Uh, and, but she really wants to know what to eat before and after a park run. And because she's going to be training for a 10K, she's going to do one longer run each week to build her up to that 10k distance and she'll do that on a weeknight after work um, but before dinner so she doesn't have any particular dietary requirements other than uh, food has to be easy to make and family friendly that's something that we get um, a, a big shout out a lot for from the women that we work for because most people have got to accommodate their family so I'll talk about Joanne's Saturday morning park run first and then perhaps Karen later on, you can give us some advice about eating before and after uh, her evening run. Mm. So um, 
I think every park run usually starts at 9 a.m. 9 I don't know of any that start any earlier. And most people choose a local one. Um, so I imagine Joanne will set off from home about 8.30 to get to the start line. And depending on her speed, she'll be finished between 30 and 60 minutes approximately. Um, so I, the, the way I would approach this is I would take this as an ideal opportunity to try the fasted state running that you were talking about earlier, Karen, if, if that's something Joanne would like to try. And I'd suggest that she uh, drinks water before she leaves home, runs in a fasted state and then has a mid-morning breakfast or brunch. So typically good ideas for that kind of meal would be eggs on toast, maybe protein pancakes, smoked salmon bagel or porridge or overnight oats with nuts, seeds and berries. All of those would be easy uh, to eat and make or, or even buy if you were going to a, a local cafe. Um, but if you don't want to do the faster state running um, or the timing isn't right for you, then any of those suggestions would equally be good as a, a pre-run breakfast. Um, but I just suggest that you would eat them one to two hours before the park run. So ideally sort of 7, 7.30, and that would give you plenty of time to digest the meal. Um, so uh, that, that would be what I would do in that case. And mm -hmm. if you do eat your breakfast before the park run, then just plan to have your lunch four or five hours after breakfast and follow the healthy plate guidelines. So a couple of different options if you're a, a park runner. Mm, and some really lovely sort of breakfast brunch type ideas that still maintain that food balance, that plate balance that we talk about. It includes protein, it includes um, carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, but also vegetables as well. So some great suggestions there. So now let's talk about what to eat um, or what Joanne could eat around her evening run. Now, remember, for easy runs under 90 minutes, like we said earlier, your usual everyday healthy food plan will be sufficient to fuel you. Now, the important thing to consider is the timing of your lunch and have you eaten enough to fuel your everyday activities and sustain your travel home as well as your evening run. Now, again, it will all depend on, on Joanna's timings, but she what she could do is add a small carbohydrate and protein based snack late in the afternoon and again like Aileen was speaking about having that at least one to two hours before her e her evening run now ideas of of um carbohydrate and protein based snacks that Joanna could think about would be um homemade protein bowl bowls or oat cakes with sardine patty, or maybe hummus. Um, another idea that Joanne could think about is um, to eat half of her evening meal before she goes out on a run, as long as she's got at least an hour before she runs, and then having the remainder when she returns. And we get a lot of clients that find that that works for them um, because it means that they're not overeating, they're just sticking to the three meals a day, they're just splitting that evening meal. Now, there are lots of healthy fast food, easy cook meals that um, 
that Joanne could consider, like casseroles, stir fries, tray bakes, meals in a parcel as well. And what I like about these types of meals is that you can often combine protein and vegetables in one dish and then add your carb portion as a side dish. So, for example, maybe adding some cooked brown rice or some sweet potato, maybe whole grain bread, whole grain bread or some whole grain pasta. So really easy, can pre-prepare as well. Now, thinking about the family that you mentioned daily, um, when you do have a family to feed, one of the challenges I find is that everyone wants to eat at different times. Now, one of the ways that I tend to get around that is by making tray bake meals. And um, I do them in individual portion sizes or you could use meals in a parcel and what I do is I prepare them ahead put them in the fridge and then individual family members can just pop their portion tray or parcel into the oven when they are ready to eat so I find that that's a great idea and works for everybody and works for different time scales so um so hopefully that's maybe helpful for um Joanne, but hopefully helpful for all our listeners as well. Yeah, that's that's really great tips there, Karen. And uh, it means that if you're doing that evening run, you're well fueled and you're not going to be hungry, which is fantastic. Um, so uh, let's just go through another scenario. Um, so another beginner runner, I'm going to call her Marianne this time. Um, she's in her mid-50s. She's a nurse, um, works shifts in a hospital and she's also a vegetarian. And Marianne's challenge is choosing and making packed meals at work so she can follow a healthy food plan on work days. Because uh, remember, you know, the most important thing of being a beginner runner is getting those nutrition habits nailed so that you've got good foundational nutrition every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And then from that, you build on your uh, more specific nutrition for your running goals. So, Karen, thinking about that scenario, um, do you have any suggestions for packed meals? Because, you know, I think for a lot of people, they have to take a packed meal to to work, whatever their job is. Yeah, and I think it's a really good idea taking a, a packed meal if you can, because then you're making your own food choices rather than having to, to, to choose what's in the shop or what's in the canteen. And I think when you are looking at packed meals, there are a few th- different things to consider. What I would say, first of all, is to um, think about investing in good containers to carry your food in. So, for example, boxes which will hold salad style meals, maybe a hot food flask, a cold food flask as well, or might be one that you can use for either hot or cold And also maybe thinking about a a mini picnic bag that you can take everything in. Now, a hot food flask gives you options maybe to carry porridge, to carry soups, but also casseroles as well you could pop in there. And a cold food flask um, or a mason jar or a lidded cup, um, anything like that that you might have already at home, that would be really good for overnight oats, maybe a chia pudding, or a yogurt um, and fruit mix, 
maybe with some nuts and things on top and also for smoothies. So some, you know, just some basics to have in the house that actually could you could use for a variety of different dishes. Now, also having other containers of different sizes would be good, maybe for mixed salads, including protein and carbohydrate and um, dressings and dips or or maybe carrying sandwiches or um, sandwich style wraps. So just having a variety of um, containers in your cupboard would be what I would suggest, first of all. Yeah, I think that's really important, Karen, because if you've got the right containers, it gives you a chance to have a lot wider variety of food. And it also means that the food's going to be in the right condition when you get to eat it and it's not kind of deteriorated from uh, from when you left home. Mm-hmm. So now let's think about some food ideas for Marianne. So um I think the things that we've got to think about a, a, a little bit is, you know, what travels, what can be made ahead and travels well. And um, one of the things that I think is a great uh, food to have is a frittata uh, because it ticks the boxes in both those areas. And, and we've got a recipe for frittata in the Food Foundations ebook that we mentioned earlier. Um, and it frittata is great for, for lunch or or any meal actually. Um, so, you know, whether you're having breakfast, lunch, or whether it's a, an evening meal, it would be great. Um, now, one of the things that I like making um, is what would be known as a poke bowl. Um, so, you, you know, they're very uh, popular and you see them a lot in the shops, but you can make your own. And an ideal combination would be something like a combination of cooked quinoa with maybe some chickpeas, cucumber, cherry tomatoes, red onion, and you could maybe top it with a lemon and tahini dressing and some chopped herbs like parsley or coriander. Um, so that would be nice um, as a, a nice lunchtime or a, an early evening meal. But if it's a cold day and you fancy something hot, soups are great. Uh, so a homemade lentil soup or a dal would be great. And lentils are a great source of protein and fiber. And you could pair that with either a whole grain roll or maybe a box of, of green salad. So that's the type of things that I think would work very well for somebody who's taking a variety of meals uh, to work with them. Mm, actually, Alien, speaking about all these lovely foods is making me really hungry. And the idea of a of a poke bowl, it, you know, you don't have to be traveling. Just having that sort of food uh, as a lunch at home is uh, very appealing, very colorful, as well as being very nutritious. But Ailey, you also you were speaking about the soups. Now, we do have a free soup ebook, um, And in there, it contains our top 10 favorite soups. And um, a nutrition, a free nutrition guide, which can help you with your food planning. So again, if you would like access to that, you can find them at our website. And, and just to to reiterate again, our website is runnershealthhub.com. So we really do hope that our tips and our suggestions that we've spoken about today will really help you get those foundational nutrition habits in place, so that you can start to build up your running performance feeling energetic and feeling strong and just feeling that you're fueled appropriately now on that note I think it kind of brings us to the end of today's episode and today's discussion Aileen but just before we go could you maybe give us your key takeaways please 
Yeah, sure, Karen. So the key takeaways for today are uh, remember to eat enough, but no more than you require for the level of activity you're doing. Um, we always suggest having three meals a day and following uh, healthy plate balance, and that's going to support you. Um, when we're thinking about protein, uh, focus on a quarter of a plate of protein at each meal. And remember that protein is really essential for muscle repair and recovery. Uh, the next thing you need to think about is complex carbohydrates and choosing to eat a quarter of a plate of uh, complex carbohydrates at each meal time. And that's going to help fuel short distance running. And if you're focusing on weight loss, cut it back to a smaller portion. And we'd suggest focusing on whole grains and starchy vegetables and fruit to get your carbohydrates. It's always really great to have a rainbow of vegetables and that's going to support your immune system, your digestive system, and it's going to provide lots of vitamins and minerals required for energy production. Karen mentioned hydration has been very important. So remember to stay hydrated throughout the day and practice sipping water during your training runs. And timing of your meals is really important. So eat meals at regular intervals, ideally four to five hours apart, and try to time an easy to digest pre-run meal one to two hours before your training run. And uh, if you follow all of those things, I'm sure you're going to get your nutrition foundations in place. Mm, absolutely. Some great hints and tips there, Aileen. So thanks very much for chatting about nutrition for the beginner runner today. I've really enjoyed the conversation and hopefully everybody um, is feeling that they've got some some great help and advice to, to move forward with. Like we said at the beginning, whether you are a beginner runner or just someone who hasn't thought about their, their nutrition for their running before. And finally, everyone, remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Thanks for joining us today on She Runs Ease Performs. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us again soon. Before you go, please listen to the end to hear more about Amazing Jane Activewear and why their leggings were voted best for runners by Women's Fitness. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great week. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband, which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. <music>